and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host Daniel and Daniel. Daniel, well, welcome this week. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 been a week. It has been a week. Um, those of you guys who are watching live, or if you saw this on the video, you saw that we have a little bit of extra time at the beginning. That's because we wanted to talk about something real quick. Something that happened uh, over our last weekend. We had a good buddy of ours. Mm -hmm. He goes by Len Show. His name is Lorenzo. Um, he was he was one of our first like real gamers. And like, honestly, one of our first followers in the podcast. Absolutely, too. yeah. He was a big time supporter. Um, unfortunately, he has been battling with health, and he did pass away. Um, yeah. We wanted to give a tribute that since he was such a big support of us, um, everything we did, you know, all of our gaming sessions. Uh, he was a big part of it, and yeah. so we want to send out an appreciation for him. Um, I don't know that any one of his friends or family watched this, but if they do, you know, yeah. and the, we even appreciate he, our time. Whether they did or not, we wanted to pay tribute to Absolutely. him because he, he was a follower, he was a friend, we yep. board game with him, we had some great memories playing things like Betrayal Legacy, House on the Hill. That's right. Um, and so, and all in all, our thoughts and prayers go to his uh, family this time of need i mean it's it's rough especially for someone so young yeah yeah he's kind of a young guy uh, but again you know as i said above um and we just wanted to take some time to just let our appreciation be known to mm -hmm. uh his friends and family um that we're dedicating today's episode to him and uh we do also want to talk real quick about our theming it, it right now it is the middle of september a little late um, we like to get a head start on Halloween, yeah. which is not only one of our favorite holidays, that is also uh, Lencho's one of one of his favorite holidays as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yet we we want to clarify this. Yes, there is some dark uh, stuff that we're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. like just with the theme. Know that what we are talking about is all in jest and yep. it's tongue in cheek, because you and know, he would appreciate it. Too. And he would appreciate it absolutely. And we know that he would be right there with us. So uh, keep that in mind that the reason we're picking these topics is because of Halloween coming mm -hmm. up soon. So we can have all these ready for that, um, which is some something that he is a huge fan of. So I just want to make that pretty clear why we're doing this and yeah. that this is in no way disrespect to him. Yeah, and then the thing is also we, we picked this topic before we got the news. Yep. And he would be mad if we stopped doing like Halloween-themed shows and stuff like that because that was one of his, if not his favorite holidays. Absolutely. I remember us talking about Halloween in general. Um, our One of our biggest arguments was, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas yep. movie? And that was just a nonstop that argument was. with us. Oh, yeah, because Nightmare Before Christmas was significantly one of his favorite movies mm -hmm. of all time, you know, and it's awesome. And... Yeah, he had so many Jack Skellingtons, just boogie boogie and everything. You know, yeah. like it, he was a huge fan. So again, this episode goes out to Lorenzo. We appreciate you. We miss you. Um, and yeah, let's carry on with the episode. All right. So today's episode, we're going to be doing the top eight of murder mystery games, uh, murder slash mystery, because right. some of these games have nothing to do with the murder aspect of it. That's right. But most of them do. That's right. Uh, most of them do. We'll clarify those as there, or if they are completely unthematic, we mm -hmm. will use that in our debate as always. This is one of our bi biggest episodes, Top 8 Debate. Um, we always love doing these. These are one of our longest running episodes, yeah. and today is no different. We had to spend a lot of time figuring out this theme, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, we're we're trying to figure out, like, what we have for Halloween themed things because 
we, we came up with what, like six or seven different topics, and we At hit least. six for yeah, each six games one. that you and I have both played consistently. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like there was some where it's like, oh, well, I played ten of these, but you played six. Six, or, yeah. I only played six, and you played like nine of them. Yeah. Or what? Shockingly enough, we thought we had it at zombies. We were yeah. like, okay, this one, this one, this one. Oh, there's a six. Enough. And then that was it. Both of yeah. us were like, uh, I think you had seven in zombies. Some... I think I had. No, I had a lot of zombies. Yeah. A lot a... of zombies. Yeah. And like I was telling him, a big Somehow. part of me too is like zombies, and when it comes to horror, they're kind of lazy horror for me. So Yeah, that's true. And they kind of can be. Hey, Mario Fanatics. How's it going, Mario? Um, so we're going to be, we're, we have the top eight debate on this, but Daniel, before we get into our debate today, what have you been playing, sir? All right, so the two games I'm going to talk about are relatively recent plays, okay. but they're not by far new games. Uh, one, I haven't played in probably five or so years, uh, to the point where it wasn't in my app that I track all my games played, and I've been tracking since 2019. But oh, we enjoyed it. Uh, you like this game a lot, too. Um, it's a Bruno Cathala game. We just played it in our last game, yep. right? And this one is Shadows Over Camelot. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, it to play. Yeah, uh, Hidden Trader game, of course. It's It looks like a lot. Honestly, when you're setting up a board and you're explaining, okay, you could do this or you could do this or you could do this, and it looks like you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? It is by far one of the simplest big games I've ever seen. Right. It's gin rummy. Yeah. Basically. You're playing you know? cards. In one section, you're playing pairs. In another section, you're playing a full house. In another section, you're just playing out grail cards. In another section, you're just discarding cards to move a little track. Right. And the other ones, you're playing in a set. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, there's two of those on the board, and it's interesting because you got to fight off the, the picks, and you got to fight off the Saxons. you got to go fight... Uh, to get Lancelot's armor, and then you have to go and get Excalibur and stuff like that. It's very simple. Yep. Uh, I'm sad this is out of print. I want to. I want more people to play this game. It should be it, coming back. Though. Hopefully, with um, yeah. yeah, the one designer passing away, of course, uh, makes it a little trickier because I yep. think they were doing like a modern theme of it, uh, Shadows yeah, Over New York, something like that. But that was announced what five years ago or something like that, four or five years ago, and I haven't heard anything since. Right. But yeah, no, I I really do enjoy this game, uh, surprisingly. But it's also a game that I really don't need it in my system. Yeah. In my, my collection. Yeah, exactly. Well, So I have not played Zaya, but uh, Mario Fanatics brings up, it's a lot like Zaya. You can do a lot, but pretty much you, everything you do is the same way. Didn't realize it was a Cathala. I didn't know you were a Cathala fan. Yeah, uh, have not played Zaya. It's, it's been on my list. I've been hunting for that game. Like, yeah. There's no tomorrow. Well, maybe Mario Fanatics will sell you. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and no, it is a Bruno Cathala. One of his earlier 2000 games. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was new. I mean, it was at least 10 years old. So. I think when we looked it up, it was like 2005 when it came out. Something like that. So, yeah, my yeah. first one was Shadow Over Camelot. Cool. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is a a game that I got recently. Um, I went over to Tucson to do a convention over there mm -hmm. for one of my side jobs. And while I was there, I stopped at our favorite bookstore... And I had I had recently gotten a few games from them that unfortunately were missing some pieces. So I went and got a return, and I picked up this game in the process. And that is Switch and Signal. Okay. And this game is a cooperative pick-up-and-deliver game, which okay. is strange, to say the least. Yeah. But it's basically a cool little puzzle. You have four different areas that you're picking up the four different resources for, from, 
and you have to deliver them in two different cities yeah. on the North America side. The way you do that is be, is all around the outside of the region. It basically spider webs out with tracks. Mm-hmm. And the way it works is that each of those has the numbers 2 through 12. And you roll two dice, and that is where some of the trains may spawn. Some trains move faster than other trains. And so you're playing actions to move trains of a certain color or to pick up resources or to switch around signals because in order to enter a city it has to have a green signal on it and in order for it to go through certain parts like where there's junctions you have to have some kind of switch Mm -hmm. so if you want to do it effectively you have to have it aiming in the right way because if the trains either collide or enter an area where you can't go normally or um, do any combination of like returning to the original spot or just can't function anymore or going in a weird loop or whatever you lose time tokens. As you lose time tokens, you lose the cards that you draw at the beginning of every turn. If you lose all of those cards, then the game is over. Okay. Um, I don't remember if we won, <laughs> but it was a really great little puzzle. I think we barely irked it out. Okay. I'll have to double check my, my play. But it's one of those ones where it's like, it was incredibly memorable, and I don't remember if we won or not. And that's kind of an important detail, but it goes to show the validity of the game. A couple of years ago when it came out, it got huge reviews, and people loved it. And I was like, I'm very intrigued by it. It sounds like a game I want to play. Yeah. I love the puzzly aspect of it. There's cool little abilities you can use. But overall, me and the two other players, we're racking our brains over it. That is Switch and Signal. Okay. Uh, so my next game that I'm going to talk about is one that we talk about all the time. It's one of our favorite games. I think it was both in our top 100 games. My wife specifically asked to play this game i had just recently bought it i finally picked up a copy for myself bought some upgrade bits for it it's a nice little push your luck game yeah. uh when my wife saw the picture i showed it to her when the my package uh, packages came in with all the games that i got yeah. and she's like what is this one so she looked it up she's like oh ooh, you should That's take that cool. next time we go to a game night i'm like okay Oh, I wish my wife would request something like that. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up playing Quacks of Quenlinburg. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun little push-your-luck yeah, game with the simultaneous play. I, I really like that aspect of it because everybody's just pulling potions out of the bag. And then you're sitting there like, do I want to pull? Because I know yep. what's in here. I have yeah. a good chance of being a yellow token to get rid of that white token I just pulled. But there's also the the three white tokens still in here that can make me bust because I'm sitting... I, like, if I pull the two, I'm fine. But if oh. I pull the bre- uh, three, I bust. And so it's it's fun. It's, uh, there was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of uh, trash talking to one another, to, to me and my yep. wife and our friends. Uh, I was egging off, uh, egging on my, one of my friends is like, I'll, I'll pull another one. If you pull another one, kind of like how we did the first time we played Quacks. Yeah. And sure enough, both of us pulled and I'm like, yes, it's the two. And he busted. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's it, so fun. It, it's good times. I really do enjoy this I love hanging people on. Like that, press your luck is so, such a fun, genuine mechanism. It is. It really yeah. is. It's one of my favorite mechanisms out there. And so, yeah, I'm. Glad we got it to the table again. Uh, glad I own my own copy. I Honestly, I've looked at the expansions, and I probably will end up picking them up, but it's it's a fine game by itself. Yeah. Don't It doesn't really need to add anything to it. Yeah. But I, I enjoy it, and Quacks Equipment Bird. Cool. All right. Um, the last game I wanted to talk about today was a deduction game okay. um, called Deducto by GameRight. 
And the way this game works is pretty simple. You have 49 cards. You have a little, uh, you have a little uh, reference card where it can have either one of seven different animals, one of seven different backgrounds, or one of seven different like disguises. They might have like a fake mustache. They might have like oh, I know this one. It's it's brand new. It just came out recently. It sounds like dinosaur tea party. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but the way it works is is pretty simple. You have uh, your reference card. Different backgrounds, different disguises, different animals. Which, if you do the math on that, that's not 49. That's 7 times 7 times 7. That's 200-something, right? Yeah. The 49, they have it where not it's not every possible permutation, but every possible thing that it could be. Like, each. <laughs> are you okay? I'm uh, just trying to do Mr. something. Mr. Browsing right. Facebook over no, there. It's not, here. Uh, no, it's not. I'm not trying I'm to do that. Because I noticed something. I'm trying to fix something over here. Oh, so. okay, cool. No worries. So, one of the things that it does that goes really interesting, like, you have seven of every possible thing. Like, seven pigs, seven fake mustaches, seven desert backgrounds, whatever. They're all strewn about. And the way you do deduction is very simple. You have a hand of six cards. One card is facing away from you. That is the character you're trying to guess. Okay. Okay? Um, with that being said... All you do is you play a card from your hand. The other cards are face down. You play it from your hand, and you and you show everybody, mm -hmm. and they look at your one card that's facing them, and they tell you, does it share at least one attribute with them? So if I put down a desert pig with a mustache, that means my card, they'll either say yes if it has either a desert, a pig, or a mustache, or no if it doesn't have okay. any of those three. Then I just separate which one has yes, which one has no, and you're using those cards to just try and figure it out. Very simple. Um, we played a deduction game um, fairly recently, and after having played... What? Yeah, you're fine. Go ahead. I know what you're talking yeah. about. So. No, we played a deduction game fairly recently that had a lot of moving parts and moving bits, and after having played Deducto just soon right before it, Okay. Like, there's no reason to play something that that's like three hours long to do something that this does in 15 minutes way more efficiently. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a brilliant little game. But there's two other reasons, or there's one other reason why I wanted to talk about it, and that was last game Lorenzo played with us. Uh, and that was uh, about a week and a half ago. He came to our game night, we played that game, and I am very proud to say he kicked our butt. He absolutely <laughs> destroyed us in that game. Like, it, it wasn't even close. I was miles away. Our mutual friend Jim, he was he was starting, he was almost there. He was within one or two cards. Okay. And Lorenzo just pulled it out of nowhere. He was like, I have the pigeon with the, with the beanie hat in the mountains. And we're like, how do you know this information? And he, he took a leap of faith and he figured it out. So it was amazing. That game is awesome. I highly recommend it. Deducto? Deducto. Who who makes this one? Game right. That's what I thought. I, I remember seeing it. I just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's and it's surprisingly smart. It has uh, Quanjai Moria art, and the art is brilliant. It's so good. Like you got to look up some images because it's really really solid. Anyway, that was the second game I played, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. All right, so we're going to be moving on to our topic debate. I did want to let you know the reason for all that. I just was fixing something over here. Okay. What were you fixing, Daniel? This right here. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so I, that's what I was doing. I was like, I got that right there. Viewers <laughs> at home, clearly, that right there. They don't need to know. Yeah, that's right. But we, <laughs> he done broke something, and now we done fixed it. And I had that's to go good. fix it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so that's I all I was doing. 
but my phone decided to be noisy. No, oh, fair enough. Yeah. And then, of course, while I'm trying to fix things, I got a scam call <laughs> at the same time. Of course. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. All right, so moving into, again, uh, top eight murder mystery games. Uh, we put this on the Board Game Revolution uh, Facebook group just to see what everybody uh, has placed. Uh, there are some honorable mentions here. So All right. So we'll go through the viewer honorable mentions, and we'll talk about ours right after that. So the first honorable mention was added by Ryan, and that is 13 Clues. Haven't played it yet. I am already intrigued. Uh, and, of course, he added Clue. And that actually was not on our list. Well, it was, but it's further down. Which, I mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, out of all of the classic board games, that is the one that's kind of, like, highly regarded. <sighs> You know. I actually don't mind Clue. Uh, like, just things yeah. nowadays, deduction has just done way better. But right. I, I enjoyed it growing up as a kid. It wasn't my favorite. I, I preferred Risk at the time. The only real bad thing about Clue is just simply the roller move. Yeah. Like, the dice movement. But and that... many deduction games were based off of Clue mm -hmm. and just took that part out and then made it way better. Yeah, and so the next one was added by Michael, and it's a game that I haven't played. You probably own, or it hasn't come it's out yet. It's not out yet. Tiny Epic Crimes. He might have played I am a, very excited to play it. Yeah, he might have had a, a small... He might have. Yeah, but one of the playtesters. Absolutely. Alright, so let's go into our honorable mentions. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, that was nice simple. Let's start with the Coin of Doom. Alrighty. So, starting with me, the first one I'm going to talk about... The one I put down is the one I'm kind of playing, or not kind of, the one I'm playing right now. But it's a whole series of games, and in fact, it actually started as a mail-in series, basically a monthly serial system called Hunt a Killer. Oh, yes, okay. Um, it's a really cool system. I, I played the big one, the base one that was came in like five boxes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I know they sell individual ones at... Um, Target, uh, yeah. and I think uh, Barnes & Noble as well. Yeah. The one I have and written down is R.I.P. Rodeo. I've only just kind of broke into it, so I haven't played it all that much. But the Hunter Killer series is basically you're getting a bunch of evidence. You're like a detective. You get a bunch of evidence. You're trying to break down. Now, I think the way it works, it's supposed to work, is like you're a um, murder podcaster, you know, like those. Uh, and so you're... You're breaking it down like the people that are talking about the crimes on the podcast and stuff like that. Sure. Um, I, I don't want to say what people call it, but you know what? I, the yeah, yeah. murder corn is the best way to call it. Um, but so you watch it. <laughs> so you're doing this and you're going through the series. You're trying to deduce who the, the, the bad guy is. Um, it's one... It's funny because it's tagged as one plus, so you can do it solo or you can do it as a group. I tend to play it, um, these ones are like the original one with my wife. That was one of the things that we did do. At one point, they sent a sock in the mail because it was one of your clues. It was literally a white sock that was uh, evidence. <laughs> yeah. So they give I mean, you. Why actually, not, right? They but... actually give you physical stuff to work through, like evidence, not like knives and blood spiders and stuff like that. But they give oh, you a sure, sock. Yeah. That was part of your evidence. So you're going through all this stuff, you're trying to break it down, you're trying to solve the case, you got to try to find out who the murderer was and how they did it and stuff like that, like your typical clue. I find it intriguing that it started as a serial, like a male serial, hmm. uh, where you 
basically pay a subscription and they send you a box every month yeah uh, for like five months and that it was really really big during the COVID era because that's people were stuck at home they needed something to do and they made such a good business out of it that they're releasing these games regularly i think i saw like four the other day at uh target when i was there i have a physical copy that i was given to as my birthday gift for while my my wife's away shopping or shopping uh working because she works on the road now she flies to different Mm -hmm. cities about four days a week gives me something to do when i just need to kill some time when i'm not playing Baldur's gate so i i was digging into it a little bit i was i was enjoying it i did have to play some more of it just to figure what i need to get done in there because i just looked at the evidence and all that that i can because it comes in like little envelopes and stuff like yeah. that but hunt a killer r.i.p rodeo cool all right the first one i wanted to give two quick honorable mentions to my honorable mentions i'm just gonna say them real quick noir by level 99 games possibly my favorite little mini game it's more of an abstract uh strategy puzzle okay. whole thing but it's murder theme and uh kill dr lucky which is just a riot of a game you're going around trying that to be is, the one who... Honestly, that is not even... It's not a murder mystery. Yeah. You're literally trying to do the murder from everything I've heard. And I've played uh, Kill Dr. Lucky. Sure. Uh, it is the prequel to Clue. So yes. the professor gets killed and you're trying to solve his murder and who did it in Clue. Yeah. Yes. In that game, you're trying to be the murderer. Yes, because you want to get take his inheritance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty dark, but it's silly. Uh, it's from Cheap Ass Games. Absolutely hilarious game. Alright, uh, but the first one I actually wanted to talk about, my real one, is a really strange little game from Robinsberger. And there's a few different in the series, but this one did pop up on the list. And that's Echoes the Dancer. Which I still haven't played my copy. It's you Now know, that I have space on my phone, I can finally download the app. It's Honestly, it's worth it just to sit down and do it as a solo. Like Because what makes it so neat? Um, I played it with just uh, one of my friends. And the idea of the game is that you, of course, download an app for it, and it plays out a storyline through audio only. Like, you don't see anything, you don't have any context, but you know that you have to figure out what's been going on with with, with a house that, you know, I'm not going to say haunted, but there's, there's some unrested spirits in mm-hmm. there. And the, you're given these artifacts of, of some person... And you are able to experience their echoes, as they call it, which is basically a snippet of sound that is significant to the artifact. Mm-hmm. And what what's cool about it is, like, unlike one of the games that we're going to talk about later, it doesn't have a QR code or some kind of yeah. barcode or anything. It literally takes the shape of the item of the photo of the picture, and the app can detect what it is and will play you that portion of it. So if you like hearing like those audio mysteries and stuff. Um, this is effectively what you're doing, and you're trying to piece the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Now, what sets it apart, and the biggest thing, the only reason why, um, or the only thing I was genuinely nervous about, because I love that idea of it, and me and uh, our, my mutual friend, Jim, it, we both agreed that the only way it's going to be good before we play it is if the sound quality and the foley in it, the, the actual sound effects and stuff, is on par. Okay. And acting the narration the sound effects the quality everything is professional it is absolutely up to par with any other professional creation it's not just some guy in a garage like making some sounds and causing a puzzle no it it is 100 professionally done and because of that 
Like, it's phenomenal. No, I'm just, I'm going back to the guy in his garage making noises crack. I've done your escape room. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. Like, I wish it was that quality, but, and yes, we did have to film that in the garage. All I'm saying is that you can tell that they got a real professional team, and the story is pretty interesting. So when you finally solve it, you get to listen to the whole thing, which is like 15, 20 minutes, and you're like, you're like, oh, wow, I see how it all plays out, and how, because they don't give you every sound, right? Yeah. They'll give you snippets, and there's stuff in between those sounds that is completely excluded until the whole thing is solved. Okay. So you're listening to this audio narrative of what's happening. Super fascinating. Um, people either, either love it or hate it. It is a one-time use thing, but it's also like ten bucks. So yeah, whatever. Uh, I do need to play my copy of it. I've had it for two years. I do. I do need to get it done. This way, yeah. like if I don't like it, hey, at least I can uh, trade it into something like the the bookstore you're talking about. Absolutely. This way, someone else can enjoy it. Absolutely. All right. So <laughs> we just moving on. Or are we doing the coin of doom again? Let's go into doom. All right. To me again. So the next game I'm going to talk about here is not really a murder mystery, but it is a mystery game, um, and you're doing some searching. It is a game that is based off an RPG, and it's kind of campaign style-esque. Uh, there's different chapters, scenarios that you can play, and I've played it, and I really enjoyed it. It's really neat. I love the art in this game. I thought it is fantastic, and this is... The Snally Gaster Situation, a kids on bike board game. Uh, That's it. I don't think I've heard of this one. It's that one right there, right above, uh, right under Great Western Trail. Okay, carry on. Uh, it oh, is. Oh yeah, like the super high. Yeah. Uh, high, so it's supposed to be like in the color. the eighties. Uh, you're a bunch of kids. Uh, the one scenario I have played, you're looking for a kid. One person is playing a character, and they're giving clues to where they're at. Uh, they're also using special powers because they're the kid with the special powers. And you're trying to find them before the monster finds them in the feds, I guess you can say. And you're trying to help them and you're searching through the grids and the streets and going through the different houses. And you're doing search protocols, but you want to find them before the others find them. You have to run away from the monster. You don't want to get captured by the, the federal police. And so it's very intriguing how this works. I like the fact that it's one person is kind of hidden and then when they show up, then you can start fighting things, so it's it's really, really cool. I do like this one. And again, it's based off an RPG series, and they did a really good job making its own thing in that world. Um, so this is the Snally Gaster situation, Kids on a Bike. All right, my second one is one that, again, it's a, it does fall in the theme of uh, abstract strategy, but it does count... Because what you're trying to do is you're not so much trying to kill your opponent. It's a two-player head-to-head game. You're trying to erase them from reality. And this is That Time You Killed Me by Pandasaurus Games. It, it's a really smart game. Um, I love abstract strategy games where you're doing one of two things. You're, you're building on it. You're, you're able to do stuff. But what this has is it has a past, a present, and a future board. Everything that's done in the present board also happens in the future possibly with changes everything that happens in the past happens on both of the next boards and you you can jump ahead in time frames or jump backwards and then duplicate yourself and you only have a certain number of pawns that you can use and you're effectively trying to eliminate your opponent from any of these timelines two of the three timelines 
it's absolutely fascinating because the way one piece moves, you can move maneuver on another piece or another board, mm-hmm. or you could jump to the exact same spot in a later timeline for free, or you could just kind of manipulate from there. So there's a lot of like good strategy. You might want to stay at the earlier timeline, but you're also more vulnerable. There's there's four boxes that get unlocked as you learn to play it throughout. It's not necessarily a legacy game, but mm-hmm. I think they do that just so that way they can introduce the different nuances to the game. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's something that me and uh, again my mutual friend Jim, <laughs> we like he he loves chess. I don't, and this is one that we meet on the middle because it's just it's so brain burning. It's so cool. I only have I one detraction from it is okay. that it can end in a draw. Oh, okay. And I hate that. I want someone to win. And I feel like in a lot of good abstract strategy games, there is no way not to win. It, or There's no way not to win in like the best of the best. Okay. So, no, awesome. I, I get it. Uh, Mike, I've always wanted to ask you, what is, what is your problem with chess? You just not... And you love abstract strategy. I games. love abstract. Yes, um, chess is one of the few I don't, and the <laughs> and it's one of the few I do. There's there's something about chess specifically that the the culture behind chess. First off, I'm not super big on because I'll get you the the people who play chess really competitively and are really good, they're not gonna let you win. Mm-hmm. To help you learn a game. Yeah. They're not... Like, my my ideal situation in a board game is that if I want you to learn something really neat about the game, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in a position where you will discover that. Yeah. And that's the and, thing, like, I've talked and, about, too, when yeah, I'm, I'm players, teaching games. Like, I'm, if, like, Ascension. I'm really good at Ascension. I tried to do everything in my power not right. to win that game. And, and it seems more like the people who play chess that to that level are less... Less about, oh, I want more people into the hobby. I want it more inclusive. Yeah. It's more like, hey, if you want to learn to get good, get good. I'm going to keep beating you until you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then, which is fine. I mean, you can teach people that. But not just that. There's there's something unsatisfying about how chess, you're you're just slowly, uh, you know, like there, there's, there can be fairly arbitrary movements. If you're like, I'm just buying for time. If I can't think more moves ahead than you, like if I'm not going into it with a strategy, you know, which I know you need, I, I know I'm like kind of eating my words here. It's just, I've never found the process of getting your guys out and trying to focus them to be enjoyable. And there, it, and knowing how all the pieces move and how they, and how they interact, but effectively they just do the same thing, just in a slightly different way, because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's, there's just, I've never had fun really playing it. Okay. Um, but uh, Mario Fanatics, he says, I have to disagree. I prefer when players don't hold back against me on a new game. Sure, I'm, I'm almost certain to lose, but I feel, and, and I get that. You still get to learn. Um, but again, it's, it's not so much that, it's just, it's the, you, you have to, you have to devote your life to beating some of the guys who yeah. have devoted their life like to, to chess, it. yeah. And I don't care. Exactly. You know? I'd rather like, play other games. Right. I have, we have other games <laughs> that we can get just as much brain burnery depth to, 
and I don't feel like I have to go out of my way mm -hmm. and lose a thousand games in a row before I might put him in a situation where he has to think. Like, I don't know. There's something just unsatisfying about it. With that being said, my son is amazing at chess. Nice. And almost everybody who I play in chess who loves it, I appreciate that they like it. I get it. I'm just, I don't know. If I never play chess again, I'm fine. No, it's fine. Uh, sorry for that tangent. I just always wanted to ask that question. Um, I also wanted to say I wore the rubber duck hat for Lin because I think oh, we're nice. going to kick out of that. Here, I'll wear a top hat for him. <laughs> Little tiny top hat. All right, so on to our third one. You want right, to take the coin? Try not to drop my hat. All right, I'll to start you. this one off. The last one I wanted to talk about is 100% a murder mystery game in every aspect because... It is a mystery whether there was a murder until the very end of the game. I was wondering if you were going to put this on the list. I love this game. Yeah, it's the Funko it, one, right? Absolutely. Rear window. This is Rear Window by, <laughs> by um, Prospero Hall and by Funko. This, yeah, Mario Fanatics knew this was coming. This He's not going to like my next one, so. This game takes all of the cool parts of Mysterium. And makes it an extra level, an actual better game for the player playing the director or the ghost in Mysterium. Because that one, you're not you're not just all cooperatively working together. Like this one, you might be working all together. Mm -hmm. Or the director might be working against you if there was a murder. Yeah. And what makes it so cool is you're putting down these cards. You're trying to figure out which characters are in one of the four rooms what kind of um, character they are. Like, one might be um, an art connoisseur. One might be a fine dining person. One might be an athlete. One might be something like a pet lover. And you're trying to figure out all these aspects by the clues. The only way you can win is if the if you're playing cooperatively is if you get all eight. It's basically Minds... Uh, not Minesweeper. Mastermind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mastermind meets Mysterium. And now if the director is playing against you which you won't know until the end of the game, is that the only way he can win is if you get six or seven of the eight attributes and they don't guess the correct murderer. Okay. Which they're allowed to guess right at the end. If they really determine that the director is working against them, mm -hmm. then that, that will tell them right there. It is fun for both sides. It works really well. It works better than Mysterium, I'm going to say it, because I... Like, I don't want to play Mysterium anymore. This has replaced it, by far. And it's because the movie, which you've probably never seen, but if you have, it's a great movie. Oh, that's a really good yeah. movie. If you have seen it, then you know that the the answer is not revealed until the end. Mm -hmm. And that's the thrilling part of it. And this game captures that so well, you keep building this one up, and I do want to play it. I kind of hope someone makes a birds game as good as this is, because <laughs> I, I love I that so movie, too. and or Psycho for that matter, because I want a good Psycho game. I talked to one of the the main guys from Funko, mm -hmm. and and I brought this up. I was like, I was like, I don't mean to downplay it, but who asked for this? Like, I mean, honestly, like, who took a 1950s? Oh, I I remember film? it was. Why we were doing on the... He was yeah. in the chat. Who asked for it? And it was a labor of love for the, the, for the, the main The head guy. of the company, yeah. Yeah, and, and he was like, I don't know how you guys are going to do it, but I would really love it if you made a rear window uh, game. And they just 
they were top notch. It was so good. It, it was your father's favorite movie too, right? Or one it of was them? one of them. Yeah, and I had never seen it prior to prior to um, the movie. And I watched it right before the movie. Or the game. I, I played the game right before the movie. And, oh my god. Like, I, I still show this off at the shop multiple times. And people have no, have, have no idea about the movie play this game. And they're like, holy cow, I want to go watch the movie now. Because that was intense. Have you played it yet? Nope. Okay. I might. That might be tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. Because this You still so, haven't even decided your games for tomorrow. Right? I have not. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't given it much thought. But yeah, I might do that because I'm really kind of jones into play this. All right. So uh, moving on to my final game. You're really going to hate this one. Oh, should I leave? It's the one we just played last week. Also oh. based on a movie. Uh, this one, it kind of, loosely. This one's based off Murder on the Orient Express. This one's called Mystery Express. And it's a little deduction game where you're just passing cards around. You're trying to deduct uh, or deduce what time the murder happened, when the mur- with what, the motive, uh, what is it, the modus operandi, the motive, the uh, suspect, and all this and that. And you're just passing cards around. Uh, and talking with the conductor and stuff like that. You weren't a fan of it. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not my favorite deduction game at all. It's not my favorite murder mystery style game, but I did enjoy it. I, I would rate it a 7 or 6. Eh, probably 6 out of 10. Yeah. I had fun. And, and again, it's it's an older Days of Wonder that I've been wanting to play once I found out about it. And a buddy of ours had it. And so he brought it for his game night. Oh. And that was the same night we played Shadows Over Camelot. And I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It was fun. Again, I like the passing of the cards. I see where your problem with it, too. It's inherently flawed because I never saw one suspect at all. So I just assumed it was that person when everybody else deduced it was one, the, the, the true suspect. And it's basically just a point system. For every one you get right, you get a point. On your telegram, if there's a tiebreaker for every one you got wrong in the telegram, which is what the... The penultimate turn is when you send your telegram out there. You get to deduct, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. But yeah, uh, Mystery Express. Go ahead and... No, I'm not going to ridicule you for this, because I get why you like it. I just There are so many other games that, that, do, well, that do what it does better, faster, Harder, stronger. Heck, there's you know, a Sid Saxon deduction game that did it better, but Sleuth doesn't better. mean I can't, can't enjoy Alibi it. Alibi is better. Deducto is better. Uh, Cryptid's better. Cryptid's better. Mysterium's better. Like, eh. I mean, yeah. I is. think Mysterium's right up there with uh, with it because it's it's all dependent upon the pictures that you got to deal with. But yep. we'll get into that when and we that get into it, the debate. And you know what I like about Mysterium more than this? It's a fraction of the time. Yeah, I'll give you that. That, that took one was us a, nearly three hours. That was a bit of a long game. Uh, another thing I want to talk about before we get into this thing. Sure. Seriously, people, spread out your Kickstarters. My God, there is so many hitting at one time. You have uh, Colossal Cat in the Box that's still going for a little oh. bit longer. Then you have the Terraforming Mars Prelude 2. That's going on. Cool. Two new games, or like three, just dropped within the last two days that I'm in. Uh, the Creature Caravan, the Ryan Lockett thing, they hit yesterday. Um, then you have the uh, Final Girl Season 3, Series 3, just launched today. And then on top of that, 
You I didn't also, know that. Yeah, it launched okay. today. Now and then on top of that, what is the other one that just recently came out? But yeah, that ends around the same time too. Uh, oh, oh um, ah, dang it. Hope you don't like money. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh. Worms Armageddon just finished up recently. Yeah, too. what is? I'm checking um, it right now. It's on Kickstarter the at the moment. Guilty Gear by Level Ninety Nine. That just finished. Yep. Uh, Vagrant Song, its expansion just went up today. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, people. Your pocketbook don't like it. <laughs> no, and it's like I'm getting ready to go on a cruise. Luckily, all that's paid for, so now it's just pocket money. Mm-hmm. And we still have money put away for that as well. So well, I'm glad. But yeah, we just. I think we just spent a total of, uh, in total for this cruise, about five grand. No, four grand for like our plane tickets, our hotel, our Disney, our cruise, our excursions on said cruise. And even then, by the time all these Kickstarters said and done, I'm going to spend just as much. <laughs> Probably. Well, I'm glad I don't have that problem. I, I almost pulled the trigger on Worms Armageddon because I'm a huge Worms fan. Yeah. Um, I need to see if it's on my on my Nintendo because I'm pretty sure it is. But I forgot how much I like that game. And I saw the preview. I was like, that looks really good. And I saw the price. I'm like, that doesn't look that good. Um, it was like 130 or something like that. It was it was pretty oh. pretty up there. Oh, I wish uh, Final Girl was on uh, GameFound because the one thing about GameFound is what I like about it. What I'm doing for Creature Caravan, I'm not going to get hit by the entire thing at once. I'm paying $30 a month for five months and for the, get the stretch pay. That's true. I can do that. That's not a problem. Uh, Final Girl, for all in, for all three series, is $569. <laughs> the Series 3... Plus shipping. Yeah, that, plus shipping. The Series 3... Is 179 just for all the like the boxes that I have there for series three. I mean, a lot of content, right? You know, no, and here's my problem Terraforming Mars Prelude 2. You're thinking, okay, I'm gonna get a Prelude, Diotoma. Oh, by the way, here's some map packs. Oh, and if you want the the the, the tiles to go with the rest of your big box thing. That comes out to like $200 for everything. All the neoprene mat packs and the yep. the 3D printed stuff that goes with your big box stuff. And I'm like, well, I it's one of those things like I have to get that or else it's going to look weird on the board where I got all this plastic yep. and then these three cardboard pieces. Yep, yep. That's how they get you. Yeah, and it's like, God, Darn come it, on. Rider, you know. No, that wasn't Van Rider. That's uh, Stronghold. Oh. That that's for the Terraform yeah. things. And then they give you three mat packs. But I'm like, I really don't want the neoprene mats. Because I could care less. Uh, yeah. I want them where I could just put everything in the big box. However, you can only get the pieces that you need in the all-in, which sure. comes with the neoprene map packs. Yep. Oh, by the way, if you want the cardboard, it's an extra add-on. <laughs> I was like, come on. Yeah. Well. So I'm just like, I'll go with the neoprene mats and just leave it as it is. What a first-world problem, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, <laughs> talk about murder mystery. There's no mystery on what murdered my wallet. <laughs> Normally it's me that makes the ridiculous puns. I'm glad you're stepping up your game right now. I had oh, that to. Was good. That, that, that was for Lencho. That was beautiful. <laughs> Represent. That's right. Beautiful. All right. So we're going to get into our top eight debate today. Uh, our top eight games is murder slash mystery games um, or murder mystery as we've been calling them. In our top eight debate, we are going to be debating these top eight games, the highest ranked board games on Board Game Geek 
that Daniel and I have both played. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our first one, uh, seed number one, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Going up against our number eight seed, Werewolf. Number two, Micro Macro. Going up against our number seven seed, Five Minute Mystery. Number three, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Going up against our number six seed, Mysterium. And our number five seed, Detective, a modern crime board game. Going up against our number five seed, Chronicles of Crime. And we debate these based on five different criteria. Each of those criteria are weighed in our debate. We will flip the coin of doom that will decide who debates first. And you'll pull from the cup of doom that will decide which one we are debating for. Mm -hmm. That's why we both need to play the game so we can make a good, fair argument for it. The five criteria that we will be basing this on, uh, which we'll move on, is first off, ease of play. That's how simple and familiar the mechanisms are. A lot likelihood to get it to the table, whether it's theme or mechanism. And honestly, how easy it is to learn, understand, and or teach. And that's a big part, especially when it comes to the ease of play aspect yep. of it. Uh, the next criteria we have is replay value. This is the length of time and scaling well. As you mentioned, Mystery Express took us three hours in a four-player yep. game. Uh, too long. Uh, minimum number of plays for the full experience. Campaign games tend to have a leg up here because you can't get the full experience unless you play multiple times. And expandability. That includes already existing expansions, up to one possible future expansions, or expansions that have been confirmed by the designer or publisher. And the next category is Meaningful Choice. This is how well do your choices have an impact on the other players at the table, the depth of strategy, tactics, and or skills that may be involved in the game, and do arbitrary choices or analysis paralysis impact the gameplay itself? Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, or not finally, second and finally. second, uh, penultimate, Game Immersion. Is the game fun to lose? You, can you be having a really good time even though you know you're not going to win? Uh, the player interaction, whether it be the table talk, as I mentioned earlier about Quacks and Quenlinburg, where you're egging each other on, or your role-playing, getting into the character that you're playing as, as well as those memorable moments that make you stand up and shout. And let it all out. Mm-hmm. And the actual final one is art and production. That's the art, the graph, the art that they put into the game, the pieces and components, including box, rule book, everything mm-hmm. along those lines, and the graphic design. Again, we've said this many times before, but if you're not colorblind friendly, you're getting this, knocked. You're getting knocked on this, and that's your fault, not mine. Yeah. And then finally, if we cannot come up to a consensus with the five criteria, we put this to a vote on Board Game Revolution, the community there. There is a poll there. Go vote on your favorite game. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the most votes moves on. That's right. So let us begin our first round will be our number one seed, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, versus our number eight seed, Werewolf. Classic, classic werewolf. You'll be starting us off, Daniel. And I get classic, classic werewolf. All right. So, for me, um, this is actually surprisingly, and honestly, we say werewolf, but this could also be mafia. Right. Uh, They're pretty much the same game. You're just trying to find out who are the werewolves among you. Mafia, you're just trying to find out who are the Mafia members among you. Uh, And one thing I'll say about these games is they can hold a lot of players. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of of people use just a plain deck of cards just to determine who are like the Mafiosos. The face cards are your Mafiosos. Everything else, your villagers. 
Um, certain cards are tied to like special abilities, like a seer or um, can't remember what the other ones. But I mean, you can even just buy Werewolf, the basic yeah. game. They have like uh, you don't need the pack of cards for this. They have their own set of cards where it tells you what your characters are. Really simple, really good. And one of the few social deduction games I enjoy. There's actually two on this list. Both of them I'm okay with. Yep. Again, I'm going into this because I played a lot more Mafia than Werewolf. Sure. Uh, so I'm going based off the Mafia aspect of it. But Werewolf's the, pretty much the same way. Yep. Except for your creatures. And yep. it fits better for like the Halloween theme than, say, Mafia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're but they're essentially the same game. But the big flaw about Werewolf, Werewolf or Mafia... And I, this is a very big flaw. It's the same flaw if you're playing Dungeons & Dragons. You need to have a great game master to do this. Yes. That is its major flaw. Luckily enough, when we were playing it, there we had a friend named Terrence. He did a heck of a job as a game yeah. master. Now, granted, that's not a flaw in the game. That's a flaw in the gamer. Yeah, no, right? well, that, that's true, too. But, I mean, th but it takes you out. And then when we're talking about, like, a game immersion, it takes you out of the thing when the game master's not doing the job properly. Right. Uh, but that's that's the major flaw there. Other than that, it's fun. It's a, so a social deduction game where you're trying to figure out who the werewolves before they kill a certain amount of people. Right. Because uh, I think it needs to be, like, just about half of the people or a certain amount of people, like five. Let's just say five people have to be killed over a succession for them to... Um, Fight, uh, win. Another thing is, it's not just the werewolves killing people, because you're going to make accusations to other people and, and thinking they're the werewolves. If you kill an innocent person, that's a tick for the werewolf, because they're like, all right, now that means I got to kill less people on on the nights and stuff like that. Yep. A lot of big part of this game is it it's played over a series of nights. Uh, so what happens is the moderator is going to make people go to sleep. He's going to make the werewolves wake up. They're going to select their victim. They're going to go to sleep, and then the other things are going to wake up depending upon their special abilities. A seer is going to wake up and know who the werewolves are. Uh, accomplices are going to wake up and know who the werewolves are. But they're also trying to help them, uh, and it just depends on how you want to play that style of game. It's a very fun game. It's very well done. Um, and so that's my argument for werewolf, because it really gets you into that game immersion. It's a very, very good, easy to teach game yep. and the big thing about it is the replay value it you can play uh, at least the way it holds a lot of people you yep. can hold uh i've heard about the dice tower crews like the whole one pool deck they had a bunch of people there like 50 60 people playing werewolf on the pool deck so oh, that's cool that ex its expandability is <laughs> through the roof yeah yeah it's replay value is, is up there for sure all right, I'm going to argue for Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Now, there is a reason it's the number one seed on our list, uh, because it is incredibly popular. The components <laughs> and pieces are great. It is app-driven. It is Cthulhu-themed, where you are um, people in the Arkham City trying to solve whatever mystery the... Uh, Not Arkham City, but... Oh, uh, well, in the Mansion areas. of yeah. Madness, yeah. trying to deal with the Elder Gods and that. Um it is a great game. It is technically a dungeon crawl. There is some extra puzzles added in because of the nuances of the, of the puzzle itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed my time playing this. I don't own it, but I, you know, I've definitely enjoyed my time. It's one of the better Cthulhu Mythos games. It is. It is. It's probably my favorite, um, with the exception of Elder Sign. I like that uh, one. In all honesty, it is my favorite of the Fantasy Flight Cthulhu. Right. But those games, and that's thankfully like, because I own Elders Horror. Yes. It is not my favorite Cthulhu's Mythos game, though. That's fair. That's fair. 
Uh, if you like the werewolf version of Cthulhu. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now, uh, Cthulhu definitely dies in my forever. Oh, sure. That makes sense. See now, more. I'm going to make a controversial statement. I personally think werewolves should take this. I actually am not going to disagree with you. And everything I was talking about, like werewolf, I'm not a huge social deduction fan. Yeah. I'm fine with this game when it's with like a group of people and stuff right. like that. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to play. But here's the caveat of it. Mansions of Madness... There's only, it's the scenario that makes it a mystery. The very yes. first scenario, yeah, you're trying to figure out what the cultists are trying to do. Right. Another scenario, you're basically just running away from a mob. It, it's nothing yep. to do with the murder mystery. It's a dungeon yeah. crawl. Yeah. It's a so dungeon it just, crawl. It just changes aspects depending upon the scenario. So yeah, right. there are some that are mysterious and murder mysteries sure. and your investigation. Big but werewolf, things. it yeah. is just straight up. You're trying to deduce who the werewolf is before they kill one right. of the players. And and honestly, like I know this sounds silly, but like you have dice combat in mm-hmm. in in uh, Mansions of Madness. You have kind of a randomized scenario. I know you can figure it out more. You you have different layouts, different monsters that come up, different things that happen against you. But it's a lot more random than Werewolf is. Werewolf is incredibly deep. It is. It's it's that I mean, granted, the game functionally isn't as strategic, right? Yeah. Because but the way players can play the other players is what makes this beyond. That's why Texas Hold'em is more famous than five card draw, right? Or is because Texas that... Texas Hold'em is more famous than Blackjack. Yes. Yeah. There is a reason for that because it the game isn't the isn't the cards themselves. The game is how players play the other people, and that adds the depth to I, it. Honestly, I don't disagree with you. I, I say Werewolf should move on. However, I'm going to do it this way. We don't get yelled at. Sure. Uh, ease of play. Werewolf is yes. much easier to play than Matches of Madness. The replay value, the length of time, the scaling werewolf. well. Werewolf. Yeah. Minimum number of plays, add different things in. Yes. The expandability when it comes to the expansions, okay, maybe uh, Matches sure. Madness there, but yep. meaningful choice again. There's a yep. lot of meaningful choice because you have to dedu- or deduce, you have to explain your yes. reasonings and stuff like that. As a werewolf, you have to be a really good liar. Right. <laughs> but what takes the cake out of all of this is our game immersion, mm-hmm. because you feel betrayed. You feel like you when you are asked to be removed because the mm-hmm. werewolves killed you in the dead of the night. And you are asked to leave, and, and this... you are a ghost, and then you watch, I... yeah, the people wake up and the werewolves wake up, and you're like, oh no, you didn't, and you cannot <laughs> say, say anything. Thing. And what I like about it too is that uh, this is one of the few games with player elimination where you're still having fun. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> yes, you're sitting there elimination, like, but really, <laughs> yeah. It's like that. That is ridiculous. And there, people who are eliminated are more than likely engaged the entire time. Yeah. Unless you're like the first one eliminated, then you might be a little befuddled by it. But really, Werewolf, I think, is just a better game it, it, uh, when it comes to, to this... the murder mystery yes. aspect of it. Out of the two, I would prefer to play Mansions of Madness. <laughs> I don't know that I would. I, I like Mansions of Madness. Really, I and I'm kind of done with Werewolf. Don't get me wrong, I really am. But just all of the different ways that they've re-implemented it just really works. Honestly, I, I, I'm tired of it. Like I said, if it's sure. a good game master like uh, like Terrence was when we yes. were playing like Mafia Knights yeah, and stuff like wonderful. that, I don't like any of the One Night series. Yeah. I, I've tried different ones. I've done the Vampire. I've done Werewolf. I've mm-hmm. done uh, the Alien one. Uh, I just, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It's just not fun. Okay. 
Cool. All right, so our next Werewolf round. Werewolf moving on. Werewolf moving on. Our next round, Micro Macro versus Five Minute Mystery. Coin do. Let's find out. To you, and you get Micro Macro. Which, by the way, Wait. I just picked up. I, I'm glad I got this one. Because I am a big advocate for this game. Is micro it Macro is, sure, it's not technically a game. It's a gamified version of Where's, Where's Waldo. Waldo. That's really what it is. But it has, which by the way, this would be the worst city to live in. That, <laughs> really? There is crime everywhere. And it is on this, uh, I think, so three by Chicago. five. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, if you're listening from Chicago. I'm sorry. Daniel. Did and I'm a Cubs fan, too. Send the hate mail to Daniel at Everyday Board Games 2020. Yeah. Um, no, we, where am I going with this? Yes. So Micro Macro, this city is really crime-ridden city. There's all sorts of different scenarios. Each of the boxes of them, I'm kind of lumping them all together, but each of them have about 15, 16 There's scenarios in it. There's four now. And there, there will be four. There will be four. The fourth one yes. just got announced. And they're also releasing a big box where you can use all the maps together. Yes. And I think that's ridiculous because the first map... In they the are base, three by five feet. They're freaking ridiculous. Yeah, they're three by five feet. It's gonna be, you're going to be playing this game with all four maps. It's going to mm -hmm. be like a freaking architect's table where you're just flipping oh, things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's insane. No, the, this it's so fascinating how it works because what, what makes this different than like, oh, I just found the answer. Ha -ha. No, there's multiple characters over a series of different spots. And the same character, let's say you find a bunny rabbit, right? And you find him a little bit down and to the right, walking in the same way. That means that that is a progression of time, meaning one of those events happened later than the other. More mm -hmm. than likely, if he's facing one direction, the one that's further ahead is him just walking. Yeah. But you have to follow their trail and figure out what was happening based on the scenarios. Now, I don't know how far you've gotten on the scenarios. I know you've played a couple. Mine's still in the shrink. I just picked it up. So but I've only played like two scenarios. Two scenarios. So I, like, I won't give too many spoilers. Uh, I take that back. There I played are... the inductor... Uh... The inductory scenario, which is you can do introductory, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. introductory. Sorry, and then the first scenario. That's all. I've okay. Played. So yeah, no, you're in for a treat because what makes this so neat and it, basically every single card you flip over is the next stage. Once you discover the answer to one, you flip it over to see if you're right. More than likely, you probably are. Mm -hmm. um, if you've really delved in, you're not just trying to wing it. And then it'll all it simply does is explain what just happened. And then it provides you with a question. Okay. The question is, what is this? Or why did this happen? And instead of just giving you a linear idea, it it gives you an... It, it requires the players to inference what mm -hmm. could possibly be the case. So, like, I, I don't want to give a spoiler, but, like, it might say... It's like, what... It might say, what is a possible motive for this person? Okay. And you can't see that by the timeline. You just see what happened. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go, okay, like, let me look past this timeline. Let's see what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. Or let me rewind even farther back. Like, what what are either of these characters doing? Yeah. Like, how do you do that? And that's not, that's not just black and white. That's, there's a lot of really cool depth into how you do this. And I got to say, I mean, yes, the map is, like, comically large, right? It is and ridiculous. And it doesn't large. need more than a deck of cards. But the two parts about it that make it really cool, or three parts about it 
It, had, it includes a magnifying glass. Turned Warriors Wall into an actual game. Yep. Well, it, it includes a magnifying glass. <laughs> yes, thank God. For and that. for each of the packs of scenarios, it includes like a somewhat transparent, uh, like like wax papery style envelope. But my favorite part is the fact that the artist really had to have planned like like how they did things yeah. i like already one of the base games which isn't expensive to play or yeah. to buy one of the base games alone it provides you 16 scenarios and the fact that they're going to be able to combine four of the Both sets maps, together yeah. to i think it will be about a six by ten foot playing surface and scenarios can branch between them how do you plan that how do you come up I'm with this? I'm telling you, you got to get one of those little architect boards, and this way you can just flip the maps over. I mean, this it's insane. How do you even come up with this? So, I mean, art and production alone, mm -hmm. because of that art and that story idea and how they were in able the to... In the graphic design. just In the graphic design. it's it, I mean, it's a black and white piece of paper, right? Mm -hmm. But just the level of depth that needed to go into that production, that should like permanently win art and production throughout most of these. Okay. That's my case. I don't know. It'd be hard to uh, go up against art production, a five-minute mystery with that little cryptic thing that they have. <laughs> that part's cool, sure. Yeah. Component-wise, that's amazing compared it's to cool. a giant map that's black and white. That literally black and white. There's not much color <laughs> in there. There's really not. And you need that magnifying glass because... I'm not even 40 yet. My eyes are like, what in the heck? Okay, hold on. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm 60 playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> and but then you could buy a full page one. <laughs> That's true, too. Oh, the, the, my, the main thing about this is, for me, it's that argument. Is this a game or is this an activity you're working together? The cards are fine. They they help sure. you follow a timeline in a sense. You got to mm -hmm. follow a person that's going here. Five minute mystery. You are working together as a team to try to figure out who's stealing stuff from the museum. Uh, you're basically trying to eliminate suspects by playing, uh, seeing. Uh, you're flipping over cards. So like say this card's got triangle, triangle. Okay, this thing has a triangle. This has a triangle and stuff like that. You're you're working as a team to figure out who's to deduce who is stealing from the museum. Sure. Uh, there's different scenarios based on that. The timeline or the time frame gets shorter and shorter as you're going along through the different scenarios. I think the first scenario is like 10 seconds or something like mm -hmm. that. And you're okay. Okay, I'm looking through all this. Okay, I see this and this. And you're putting them in the cryptic and you're trying to find out what if it's going to, I think it's going to open or something like that. I can't remember exactly how that works. But it's trying to, oh no, you're using that, the cryptic in there for you to put into the app to see if you got the right person or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I Again, this is one of the, the mm, how many games do we have on here that's app integrated? This is literally the app integration debate. Uh, I just realized that Five Minute Mystery has it, uh, not Mysterium, Detective, Chronicles of Crime, yep. Mansions of Madness. Werewolf can if it's, <laughs> if it's one night. One night, yeah. So, uh, so this is <laughs> a very, very fun game. I do enjoy it. And it's relatively quick because, as it said, it's a five minute mystery. Which Your is first, a lie, by the way. That's, there's five minutes per round. Yeah, yes and no. That first introductory is ten minutes. That that first round is ten minutes, and then it decreases as you go. Which true story is not five minutes. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it's just it's because it's part of a line. It's got you got five minute dungeon, five minute Marvel stuff like that. Sure. But the mystery one is actually really really fun. I I'm okay with dungeon. I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. But it plays really well. Um, but 
it's kind of like hit or miss. Is this one more of a game than, say, Micro Macro? Is Micro Macro a game or is it an activity? Right. That kind of situation. So this one's not as clean cut as it is for me from the last uh, set, where sure. I think Werewolf just fits this uh, topic a lot better than, say, Mansions of Madness did. So I am just going to pull up the criteria. Uh, ease of play. Which one's easier to play is Micro Macro. Hands up. Yeah. You tell people just the mechanism alone. It's where Waldo board game. What? Okay. Yep. Uh, replay value. Now, so the thing about Micro Macro is, right. yes, it has three other, or going to be seen three other games in the line. Sure. But they're not needed to play Micro Macro on right. itself. But they're expandalones. The scaling, length of time is not as, I mean, it, it, that's obviously five-minute. <laughs> five-minute right? mystery, it, yeah. It scales really well. It's five-minute yeah. mystery. Um, expandability. The fact that they were able to add expansions, five minute mystery cannot. Yes, that's true. That's just because of the nature of it. And minimum number of plays, fifteen. For micro macro, done. Yeah, because you have to do the entire scenarios. Yeah. When I think five minute mystery, there's only what seven sure. scenarios or something like that. Oh, yeah. I can't remember, but it's not a lot. Yeah. There's there's less than fifteen. So replay value. Micro micro. macro. Okay. So that's two. Yeah. Meaningful choice. Yes. Five minute <laughs> mystery, mystery, of course. Game immersion. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Art yes. production. Micro macro, even though that codex is really what the graphic design yep. in the art uh, and just how oh. everything flows together yep. is micro macro. Yeah. So in game immersion, I think honestly that's a push because you get into both of those games. But then again, micro macro's moving. I am, yeah, it, it still will. I will make a case for micro macro though. I think it's more immersive because the, the thing that's holding that up is the storyline and. Now, granted, you're, like, bending time and whatnot, which is mm -hmm. totally not thematic in, in how it works. It's just the nature of the game. Like, I... It's not that often that, that a game does something that literally makes me laugh, and mm -hmm. Micro Macro has. If I'm in a mystery, I get into the solving of the puzzle. I think it's a really cool puzzle. Yeah. But I don't... I don't remember any single, like, character or weapon or whatever. I remember the walrus. Uh, sure, I, don't I think he's the uh, the curator, the museum yeah. curator. So micro micro moves on. Alrighty, it's gonna it's our number two seed, facing our eight seed. All One right. of the few instances that the eight seed has moved on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's rare, and they'll be going up against micro micro afterwards. Now we have deception, murder in Hong Kong versus Mysterium. Two very different games. games. All right. Starting with me, and I get Mysterium. Okay. Uh, so, we've talked about it earlier. Mysterium is... You're basically... It's not one versus many, but there's one person behind a game screen, and they're trying to give clues, because they're the murder victim, and they're trying to give clues to psychics mm -hmm. 100 years after their murder, and they're trying to give clues for them to deduce all a clue, the murder weapon, the location, and who did it. Yep. Uh, and so Good everybody, yeah, and everybody's assigned a different murderer, uh, what the item is, and thing, uh, the murder weapon, the location, and the the thing. So the first round, you're all trying to figure out who the the murderer is. Uh, once you find out who that is, you can move to the next level. So say I get it in the first round. When we go into the second round, I'm now getting clues to the location, 
based on cards. Uh, if you've played Dixit, it's those weird, funky cards, and they're trying to narrow in because he's giving you dreams through the night. So it's so, basically the first night is this, and the second night, and you're playing through seven rounds. If you, well, if, it, you're conducting a seance, yeah, and they're giving visions, right? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> and so you're going through the seven rounds or seven hours, whatever it is, because you have to get it done by the night, and everybody has to be with everything done by that seventh round or you all lose um and then once that goes in it goes into a final round and i'll get to that in a minute because that is my least favorite part of the game that final okay. round uh because it just kind of everything about up to there you're having fun okay this is going on you're working the clues that you're getting you're like how does this work okay and then you're talking with everybody and they're get, explaining and stuff like that and you have to do it within a certain because uh, once the last person gets their clues you have a timer and then you have to make your, okay, this is who I think it is. Oh. Until then, you get the talk. Um, depending on the type of style of game where you're playing easy, normal, hard, there's a certain point where the ghost can get rid of cards out of their hand. Another good thing about it, too, is if someone's already deduced their, their stuff all the way at the end when you're getting closer to the end of the game, and he's out of the crows to deduce, he has to still give cards to play people who are out. So that's another way a ghost can dump their cards. So yes. a lot of the choices there is kind of interesting, but you're also beholden to your card draws, which are abstract at best. So there, it's really neat art. This is one of the prettiest games when it comes to the art uh, out of all the games on this list, just because of some of that abstracted art. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is. it is a... Fun, fun game. This is still our go-to game to play for like a bigger party if there's like more than, or if there's roughly seven people because you can hold right. a lot of people on this one. The only other one I think can hold more people or two is Deception, what, what it's going up against in Werewolf. Yep. Uh, so I really do enjoy this game. In fact, it's a game that we still play well. One of our friends that I go game group with, they actually loved it so much they picked up their own copy of Mysterium and they show mm -hmm. it off to like their group at work and stuff like that because it can hold a decent amount of people. But I just, I it, this one's hard for me because I love both of these games. I think they're both really well done. I I have one that I'm gonna the uh, that I do think should move on. I'll explain that in a bit. But as far as deception goes, um, deception is a, akin to a social deduction game. And again, this, that's a genre you very much dislike, and these are the two exceptions mm -hmm. to it, right? Deception is one player is a murderer, one might be an accomplice. Depending uh, on the player the, count. Yep, and one character is, you know, effectively the person providing the evidence, right? Mm -hmm. and uh, you're the, what is it, the forensic investigator or something like something that? Something like you're, that. You're yeah. cluing people in. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know exactly what it is, but the detectives, all the players, have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so the way it works is that Everyone has like a certain number of items put in front of them. Um, I believe two items each. And the forensic investigator is trying. Uh, it's uh, eight, eight, eight things in total. Oh, eight things in total. Yeah, there's like two in top row uh, and two, uh, uh, four in the top row, four in the bottom row. Yes. You have to pick one from the top to the bottom. Yes, that's right. And so it's going to be one of the two, and whether it's a murderer or not, it depends. Um, again, you do need the game master to run it, mm -hmm. and the way it works is pretty simple. Like they might. The, the forensic investigator might be giving information like uh, what time of day was it like when the person was murdered 
The thing and is with uh, Deception, they have like boards that they have. Yes. And they're putting their bullets on the board. Mm-hmm. And so they that's all the information they can give is based on their board. Yes. Because they cannot talk. Their only information is they're pulling a bullet right. on said board. Yeah, exactly. So like let's say uh, the time of day is in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, if I happen to have a lantern in front of me, you might need that to see. Or someone might have a flashlight. Or it might be like a hooded jacket mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's up to the players to help decide mm-hmm. what information, like what could have been the weapons, what could have been the motive. And again, it's like a limited information giving out. It is absolutely a riot, and it does lead to the same similar fun as Werewolf has. And this, um, I'm getting, uh, going along with Werewolves. This holds a lot of people, too, I think. Yes. It holds, holds with the expansion, it can go up to 14 people, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. yeah it's very significant. Now, um... As far as which one should move on, I do think Mysterium should move on because of one main critical factor. Both of these games are communication with limited with limited ability. Yeah. yeah. On one hand, you have a descriptor, a word that describes it that is purposely vague, um, which is works really well. Deception is awesome. I, <laughs> I own it. Probably so. Well, I've never played my copy. I've owned it for like six years. We've only played my copy. Yeah, we've only played your copy, which is crazy. But it's a great game, really fun, it works really well. On the other hand, you have Mysterium, which the limited information is these beautiful um, cards, yeah. cards. And again, they are purposefully surreal and vague. And on one hand, in Deception, you have Theater of the Mind, right? Yeah. But then all of the items in front of you are set in stone. Like, so it's, yeah, you could make the case for it, and you have every ability to do it, but because Mysterium is fully cooperative, then it has that extra benefit of, like, we're not trying to worry about someone sussing it out or making something up or purposely throwing Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. to try and throw us off their path. No, we're working all together, and I see what you have, and your stuff is very clock-based, so you're probably the clock-maker, and it makes more sense that he handed me the card covered in animals, because mm-hmm. I am, you know... The, the one hunter or something. The like hunter, that. yeah. And so there's a lot... Even though there's less information, there's more that you can pull from it. And there's a reason why... I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think maybe Mysterium right. will go on. But I, I kind of didn't mention it. I dislike that in-game scenario. So sure. everybody gets their clues. And then... Depending on where you're at on that track, um, gets this you get to see in the final moment two of the the cards. Yeah, that, that, a certain that, number of like hidden uh, information. Yeah, and if you don't get there, you get to look at one card, and that's it. That's your information. You have to take a guess, and the consensus wins. So yes. you're just sitting there like, oh god. I didn't look at any of these cards, and I could possibly be the tiebreaker, and I could guess wrong, and then we lose sure. because of that information. So much so that when they made another version of Mysterium called Mysterium Park, they took that entire section out. Right. That tells you how flawed that part of the game was, that they ended right. up taking that part out. Other than that, I thoroughly enjoyed Mysterium, and yes. I agree with everything you said. Uh, and again... The deception is beholden to the game master too if they right. don't give the right amount of clues. So it's kind of. I will say this though. I've had more memorable moments in the few plays of Deception than I have in Mysterium just because 
There was one sure. thing that stands in my mind to this day. And I know what you're going to say. Where you got called out by our mutual friend Jim that we've mentioned before. Danny's the traitor. Before we even set up the entire game, right. he's like, Danny's the traitor because we're just explaining how the game works. Because mm-hmm. we've played uh, enough, just, uh, enough resistance yeah. to, to get to the point where Danny's the spy and yeah. it's just a meta joke. So he's like, Danny's the traitor. And it turned out that Danny was the traitor and his accomplice was Jim. Yep. Yep. And that led to one of the most memorable moments that we've ever had gaming. Yeah. Hands down. Because it's like, because you won. Yes. And then it was like, all right, then who was your accomplice? And then Jim flipped his thing. Yep. It was like, you it was absolutely incredible. It was a great, memorable moment. Yeah. So, so other than that, should we break it down? Yeah, do let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. For for, for sake fairness. of fairness, he's a play Mysterium. Mysterium. Yeah. Wait, really? Yes, because I remember the struggle of teaching when you have to, especially if someone's playing the forensic investigator. Oh yes, okay, yeah, because that's true. Where the other one, it's just like, here's your cards. Right. <laughs> Figure it out yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Like, cause that that. Being vague is so is, yeah. is great actually yeah. in that game. It does of course people replay value. Uh, um, that would be deception. Mis- yeah, I would give it deception because it plays yes. different. There's different things that More happen players, depending plays on the less time. Yeah, there is expansions. Meaningful choice, Mysterium. Mysterium. Yes. Mm-hmm. Game uh, immersion or art and production. Let's go to that one. Mysterium. Mysterium. And game immersion. This is going to be the tiebreaker. Is the game fun to lose? Uh, both yes. are really fun to lose. Both are fun to lose. Except, except, and this is my caveat, that in-game scenario in Mysterium. The game all the way up to that point is fun. Sure. But if you're not cluing in properly... Right. Like, I have no problem losing in the seventh round right. because not everybody made it over there. But I'm losing because of a stupid technicality of the majority vote and because I only got to look at one card and yeah. kind of takes you out of it. Right. However, the player interaction... Like, is phenomenal in both games. Yes, but more, more so, so in Mysterium. In Mysterium, yes. Because you have that moment where, where you're like, I have something about like an elephant standing on a podium and then this one's like, it's underwater and there's bubbles everywhere. What does it all mean? Oh, and no, and my, then you feel like, it's like, why am I getting these weird visions? That no, I my understand? favorite thing about uh, Mysterio 2 is, when it comes to the player, player interaction is because if you're getting frustrated with the ghost, you can crap talk them the entire time. It's and like, they what can't is... say anything about it. It's like, <laughs> like of course they keep saying so colorful to the colorblind guy. <laughs> exactly. This is and why then, you're dead. And all, all you hear the other way is like, yeah, which is hilarious. Um, but you're right. The memorable moments in Deception. Deception. So that's what pushes it over. Yeah. All right, Deception. I, in all fairness, we had I to break was it down. really surprised. Because I made my case for Mysterium. Yeah, and it, it was a good case. And I honestly, out of the two, I'd probably play Mysterium more. Yes, same here. All right, cool. So our final one is Detective Modern Crime versus Chronicles of Crime. Both came out around the same time. Both have a similar premise. Detective, a modern crime board game. Oh, sorry. Uh, modern crime board game, yeah. Surprised we haven't got, had to go to a tiebreaker, so. I'm not saying we won't, because these are two of the... They're closely easiest. related. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting this done now, because instead of having to worry about it later. Yeah. And I just need to write some stuff down while you decide who's going first. All right. Go ahead. So, 
There we go. Ow. Uh, so I'm going first, and I'm oh. doing uh, Chronicles of Crime. Okay. All right, so Chronicles of Crime is the easier of the two. Hands down, it is the easier of the two. Easier to play or easier to deduce? Easier to play. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> much easier to play. And easier to deduce. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Much easier to deduce. Not that there's anything wrong about it. Yeah. But this is one of those app-driven games. And now, uh, don't get me wrong, Detective is app-driven too. But that one takes app-driven to a whole nother yes. level. Yes. Uh, whereas this one is, mm -hmm. it's just, you have your smartphone, you're using the app on the smartphone, you have QR codes. So, say you're a detective, you're trying to figure something out. You're like, okay, I'm going to use my turn. I'm going to go and talk to this person and see what yeah. they have to say. And so I scan it. They tell me something, things. I explain it as a group. And then you're going to do something else. And someone uses it to scan over there. And they're like, oh, I found this. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take this item and go back to talk to that person. Maybe their story's going to change. Yeah. I love that aspect of this game. Uh, and it's, re it's really interesting. Um, there's different ways you can kind of cheat the system and, the, and this actually comes from the sure. people at lucky duck they tell you like they'll put it like on a screen share or something like that so everybody just sees all the information mm -hmm. it's not in the um what's the word i'm looking for here in the heart of the game to do it that way sure. but it's fine especially like if you're playing with kids or family and stuff uh -huh. like that it is the simpler of the game. You can get into it. It's very immersive, especially if you have those specialized goggles. When you're looking around, you're actually seeing there because it's, so it's the, the VR goggles, I guess you can say. Yep. Really get you into that. You do get in that role-playing. Which I will give them credit because the ones that they sell, they're like the little fold-out ones yeah. and stuff. They include a scenario with it. That's if you buy cool. their yeah. actual branded Branded ones. glasses, yeah. Yep. It's really neat how they do it, but you don't need it. It's very unnecessary. Yep. Um both of them have a good amount of expansions. In fact, Chronicles of Crime went to a standalone system. Series, yeah. Yeah, where you do like the 1400s, and right. I think there's like a no, uh, noir version and stuff like that. Right. Really cool stuff. Both of these games are really great. Uh, out of the two, as much as I like Detective, I think I would play Chronicles of Crime more just because Detective tends to be very heavy handed compared to Chronicles of Crime. Like, if you do something wrong in Detective, it's slapping you across the face. Like, no, 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 no. Whereas Chronicles of Crime is that point where it's like, it's still fun even if you don't do well. Right. Now, I do have a question for you. Um, when Have you played the entirety of Detective? No, I have not. Okay. I've only still only played the first scenario because, again, that took a while. Sure. It yeah. does some really interesting... Plus, where I'm playing like, like four, five, six other campaigns. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven, Roleplayer Adventure, Charterstone, right. all that. So it's kind of hard to get that back to the table. Okay. Especially since it was so heavy-handed in that first. Right. Yeah, and and I want to dispel that a little bit. Yeah. Not, because I, not to discredit you, but I do want to dispel that a little bit. So I have played it its entirety. Um, all, all five of the scenarios that it is. I will say detective. this. I do want to play it enough to get to that 1980s expansion. Because yes, I want to get to that. Connection. I want to get into uh, Venice. Oh, Venice. Yeah, yeah, you're you're thinking of time um, story. Uh, yes. Yeah, time stories. No, I want to get into that one because uh, it has like the old school 1980s yes. cop computer. <laughs> so as you said, it was app driven, but it's a whole new level. So the way it works is that it's not so much app driven; it's website driven, and you go to a specialized website that it that simulates a database that a police precinct would have, mm -hmm. and so it's going to look like a computer system where you can look at suspects, you can look at motives, you can 
get forensic analysis mm -hmm. on certain items. Once you get the information, you have the ability to, um, to, to use it. The game plays over five scenarios, mm -hmm. and each of the scenarios are part of an overarching inf branch. Yeah. And so um, I do want to say this now before, um, before I discredit you. Um, again, the, the first scenario is incredibly unforgiving, as with the second scenario. Once you hit the third, fourth, and fifth, it eases up a lot. Um, and it's not just, like, the gameplay. It's just how it works. Like, you're probably going to lose the first two. I think we lost the first two, possibly the first three. But then we started winning after that. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it validates it more. But, man, does it hurt you on the first one. But once you understand the system and you get it more into it, it makes more sense. Okay. But with that being said, though, that, that's not... I do knock that down because I do remember that was a point of frustration when we played it. However... The role-playing that was involved, we had our friend Jim, he was the computer guy, we had one person who was the token person, one person would handle the cards, mm -hmm. one person would write, take down notes, and we had a whole system as a detective team, and we kept those roles throughout the entire time. It wasn't even suggested by the game, it just gave you the opportunity to do yeah. it. One of my favorite parts about this scenario is that it took real-life um, information... And one of the coolest, coolest hands-down parts about it is there are certain um, bits of information, certain kinds of evidence that has a little Wi-Fi logo next to it. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you may use real-world information for this. Yeah. And it might take something that's historical or geographical or information that is in the real world as a detective would to determine... It's very outcomes. Neat. Yeah, this is easily the most immersive game on this list That's because pretty, yeah. over the entirety of the scenarios, that is still an incredibly memorable moment. The storyline was beyond good. It was fantastic storyline. the The ability to like go, it's like, oh, well, we saw this Wi-Fi logo here. Well, I've never heard of this. Let's find out what's in it, and we're just like looking up Wikipedia or watching YouTube videos about mm -hmm. it, like learning about this and then discussing that. That's awesome. Like, how would you get to a point of game design though? You could do that. Um, with that being said, again, it's less forgiving. There is more of a game. I and agree. while I think the technical component on one hand is really good in um, Chronicles of Crime, because being able to look around the scenario and, and, mm -hmm. um, Seeing the location and stuff like that. Is up, that's really great. It gets really annoying scanning bar or scanning QR codes constantly throughout the whole game. And I will say this about Deception, uh, or not Deception, Detective. Mm -hmm. When you're on that database, they actually filmed um, like stuff where it looks like it's on security cameras. Yes. It's really neat it's how they did that. It's super neat. And, yeah. and it's just so cool. Like, And as you were saying, the 80s version, it looks like a 1980s like, yeah. DOS Like the blue version. screen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool how that works, and I am just, like, if if you consider it a drawback, I am okay sacrificing replayability versus a memorable moment mm -hmm. for the sake of the storytelling. I'm cool with that. I, I like that Chronicles of Crime is so diverse that you just scan barcodes. Multiple character pictures might apply to multiple scenarios. That's totally a, a thing that could happen. It's definitely more replayable okay. than, than that. But at the same time, 
the scaling well in Chronicles of Crime, when you have to look around the scenario and then pass the phone, look around the scenario, pass the, the phone, phone yeah. that takes away from it. So, I don't know. I don't know. All right, to the board. To the board. This has been one of the hardest. Really ones. is. This yeah. is a mystery. Ease of play, Chronicles of Crime. We've already said that. <laughs> yes, I do agree. Replay value. Ooh. I do think Chronicles of Crime, Crime yeah, just because of the expandability. And the length of time. Well. Chronicles of Crime is it When you get into the nitty gritty scenarios, it is not shorter. Okay. I mean, granted, you can play detective for longer. Yeah. Before you really want to finalize it. But yeah, I I don't know. But I will give replay value to Chronicles of Crime. Alright, so it's two to nothing. Meaningful choice. Hands down detective. Detective, yes. Game immersion. Detective. detective. Art and so. production. I want to give that to Detective. I, I honestly, I agree with you on the Detective yes. part of it, just because they built the website, they did the yeah. the uh, the videos, the uh, for forensic analysis stuff yes. was is really neat too. So yeah, they 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 both put in a massive amount of the a massive amount of production into it, mm-hmm. but the fact that you can take real world situations into Detective. Is bar none what sets it above it in my mind. Yep. So there we go. Detective moves on. Okay, I have my numbers now. All right. So the first elimination was our number one seed, Mansions of Madness. It was sitting at 14% of the vote. Okay. Our second elimination was our seven seed, Five Minute Mystery. It had 1% of the vote. Mm. Mysterium also had 1% of the vote, and it was our sixth seed. That hurts. And finally, our five seed, Chronicles of Crime, was eliminated, and it was 14%. Wow. All right. So that goes into it. Now we can jump into our next round. We are going into the semifinals. Micro Macro versus Werewolf. I never thought I would say that. (laughs) Those could not be more different. All right. Who's arguing? Good point. Let's find out. Ooh, it's got a good ring to it today. Werewolf for you. All right. Well, werewolf, obviously replay value. Oh, Obviously yeah. scaling. Well, obviously immersion. Immersion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are... Again, well, the replay values in the scaling are... Right. Uh, scaling wells in the replay value. Yes. So, yes, I agree. So, I, I do want to point out, though, one of the things that we haven't touched base on is, yes, even... I, I wonder how we should argue art and production for werewolf. And I'll tell you why. Because... Werewolf is essentially a public domain game, mm-hmm. right? We have made versions for conventions that are themed based on conventions. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we ran an anime convention with a group of people, and uh, we made a version of Werewolf that was Yakuza themed. Yeah. And we had, you know, villagers, or essentially mafia, right? Yeah. But it was anime themed. And we got custom art for it. And so, and I've seen some beautiful productions of Werewolf. Yeah, and I, then the one we have, or you could find on Board Game Geek, is actually a pretty decent one from the 1980s. Right, exactly. And the one that I that I use fairly regularly, and I did it on a Kickstarter a long time ago, is it's a leather bag, a drawstring bag, that has metal coins as your werewolf oh, characters. Cool. Yeah. So you reach in the bag, you pull a coin, that's all you need to hold. That is your secret character. So the production can be good. However, Micro Macro is set in stone, right? Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So I wonder how we should debate this. That's my that's my biggest thing that I'm confused about. 
or what, and when but, it comes to the art and production, if it has to come down to that, then yeah. we'll see. But everything else can be argued. Yeah. So replay value, game immersion, I think those are hands on werewolf. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. I meaningful choice. I oh, I honestly, I, I have to give that to werewolf. Yeah, because it's a lot more talking. Where again, you're just kind of investigating as a group right. using your little tiny hourglass. Yep. Exactly. And then ease of play is werewolf also. Honestly, I think micro macro. The only thing it wins is art and production. I think so. So regardless whether it wins it or not, werewolf moves on. Sorry that cut short. I mean, you didn't even make your argument for. Uh, micro no, macro. I don't disagree with you because uh, honestly, I was going to argue werewolf too. Uh, I was going to try to make an argument for micro macro, but werewolf hits all our criteria really, really yeah. well for this for this category. It really does. Next one will be deception. Murder in Hong Kong versus Detective, a modern crime board game. That is you like again. That. There we go. You get Mysterium. Well, well so, no, I don't. Not Mysterium, uh, Deception. That's the one that was not in there. Okay. I just grabbed the wrong thing off the wrong pile. So I argue Deception. Yes. Okay, so not Detective. Okay. Yes, because Detective was the other one that was in there, so that would be yeah. me, so you get Deception. That that's very confusing seeing detective and deception right next <laughs> yeah, to each other. other. Yep. There's a lot of similarities between those words. All right. Anyway, so deception, murder in Hong Kong, the party game aspect. The same reason Werewolf is so up there is because it can accommodate multiple people. It's very immersive. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting how that works. Um, it is 100% murder mystery because murder's in the title, and mm -hmm. you're trying to deduce who is the murderer. The murderer is hidden amongst you, and only the forensic investigator can tell you that information. Um, again, it has that memorable moment. Uh, now, having played the full deception, or the, I'm sorry, the detective. full detective, there is absolutely memorable moments in there that I can't tell you. you you're just going to take my word for it, unfortunately. Okay. But there absolutely is. Deception, though leads you to that the same way werewolf would where there's that stand up moment where they finally make the 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 determination is this person the killer no yes maybe um and where the group has to really do that while the murder is actively throwing you off from it and that vague amount of information is what settles it differently it's not pure bluffing yeah it's it's limited communication which is what sets it apart so I think it's a very good game. I don't know if it'll move on, but uh, I'd like to hear your comparison to Detective. Well, everything you said about in the last round about Detective, uh, the integration with the app, the well, not the app, but just like the online, the real world, uh, the fact of everything that they built. So for me, the art production alone is better in Detective. There's a lot more meaningful choice in Detective. You, you're working as a group trying to deduce. You're trying to determine the, how best to use your time. Are you going to drive across the city to go talk to a forensic advisor? Or do you want to keep working the scene and spend your time there? And then maybe if you still have time, talk to the uh, forensic specialist. Uh, or uh, ask questions to certain things. Or go yeah. back to the precinct and interview. Do some interviews and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I honestly think the, the better game out of this is Detective. Uh, I say Deception is easier to play. Uh, but Detective gets, for me, gets the art production. It gets the game immersion. It's getting you the meaningful choice. And honestly, the replay value. There's one expansion for Deception. There's 
two now, three, because there is the one that Rob Davio did, a dig mm-hmm. deeper. Then you have the LA one we talked about. Yep. I think there's one other one now too. Uh, so there's three there compared to one. So the expandability, the minimum number of plays for the full experience. So if you want to play the overarching detective yeah, story, you have there, to. Yeah, there's well not just the base game alone, I, like the whole story. There's yes. a lot of, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing out of replay value is Deception's length of time is a lot better than Detective. Because right. even right. at a full contingency of, let's say, 14 people, you still can get it done relatively in an hour. Yeah. All right, cool. But so, I agree, Detective. Detective moves on. All right, and finally I need to get... Uh... There we go. Hey, Illuminous. How's it going, Illuminous? Um, check your email. Just so you know. All right, so go here and look at this. Not a fan of Detective. Oof. Because we're arguing pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the most two recents that got eliminated, your, uh, it was Micro Macro. Mm-hmm. 0% of the vote. Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, 14% of the vote. Okay, that's I can believe that, but that hurt. That's the same percentage of vote that Clue got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. throw that out there. Anyway, now to our finals. Again, in our finals, the way this works is quite simple. We do not pick sides. We do not argue for either one. We do not advocate for either of the games. We simply break it down by our five criteria, and which one comes out on top is then considered the best murder mystery game, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, Detective versus Werewolf. Is there any that immediately jump out? Oh, yeah. There's two that immediately jump Ease out. Ease of me. play. Werewolf. Art and production. Detective. Okay. Meaningful choice. I think we should come back to that. Yeah. Because there's a lot to consider and unpack there. Replay value. Um, honestly, werewolf. Werewolf. But minimum numbers of plays, though. For the full experience. Yeah, I get that part. Right. But the length of time and scaling well. Uh, werewolf can hold how many True. people? In, and it, werewolf is also almost infinitely expandable. And expandable, yeah. Yeah, because one single card can change dynamics. Yeah, crazy. exactly. So werewolf. Okay, fair enough. All right. Game immersion. Uh, I gotta say detective. I don't disagree with you on that one because you really do get into that investigation part of it. Yes. Werewolf is beholden to the group of players where you do get into your role-playing aspect in yes. Detective. You you are the gung-ho cops trying to work right. together to solve a crime. Uh, between just right. the, the way, when we go back to the art and production, the way they use the integrations with the cameras... With the investigation part of it, using the yes. the laptop to go through the website and the right. crimes and stuff like that, it really gets you into that. You're like, okay, that was neat. That yes. was nifty. Werewolf, mm-hmm. again, if you're a villager, all you're doing is arguing. And if you're playing with a big group, sometimes you're just not playing the game. Right, you're just sitting there observing. And, and so much the point that it, it werewolf is not game immersion because... You don't feel like you're a werewolf or an innocent villager that might die at any moment. Mm-hmm. You, thus the retheming the mafia. Yeah. If it, or Salem, right? Yeah. With witch trials. Witch trials. If, if I actually those... would would not have a problem playing that version. Sure. <laughs> but trials, I'm just saying, cool. if it can be that adapted to other themes, your game is not that thematic. So exactly. Honestly, 
theme immersion definitely goes to detective. Meaningful choice on the hardest one here. Yes. So, first off, can you make arbitrary choices in any of those? Werewolf. You can make an arbitrary choice. I can literally just say, he's a werewolf. Yeah. Don't have to make an argument. I'm just saying he's a werewolf. Right. And then somebody just always says, that's something a werewolf would, would say. say. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then so, and that is a knock to werewolf. Yeah, it is. So it really is. That was a pro for detective. Yeah, this okay. pro for detective. That, that That's the only thing for there. That one I knew for a fact. Werewolf, yes. there is arbitrary choices because someone could just say the game's going slow. Say yes. the game's going, someone could just randomly say, all right, Daniel, you're the werewolf. Yep. Yep. You can just straight up do that. All right. Now, depth of strategy, tactics, or skills. I consider bluffing a skill. It is a really good skill. It, 100%. There's a reason why the, and, the, those games or, or skills of chance are used in stuff like that right. in uh, casinos. Poker is right. a bluffing skill. Exactly. Do you have the pocket aces or are you sitting on junk? Right, exactly. In Detective, you are not going to be privy to all the information. Mm -hmm. And that is by design. By the end of the scenarios, you are not going to know all of the information that will be given throughout. Yep. But that in, that information, or lack thereof, will be present in the future scenarios afterwards. Um, so the depth of strategy, I have to give that part to Werewolf. I give you that Because there is no... there. Like, that is 100% skill mm -hmm. to pull that off. And here's the hard one, though. Impact on other players. Again, it goes to the arbitrary choices part of werewolf. Right. I can just randomly say, hey, you're a werewolf. Mm -hmm. And that that is a strategy for werewolf players. Mm -hmm. And do you use reverse psychology? That's what a werewolf would say. I, I'm going to say werewolf. And that is because you referenced something similar with detective. And that is, this is one of the few games you can meta. Mm-hmm. Although, at the same time, you can get real-world information in, in Detective. I, exactly. I think we have to do a push. All right. I uh, can't determine where it is. And Illuminus, just to answer that, we have not played Blood on the Clock Tower. And I totally Let's explained cool. that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, so we, we just can't debate it because we don't... All we right. have to call it a push. All let's right. take let's it to Pan Vote. All right. Uh, it's rare that we have to go to the finale, but... I'm not a fan of social deduction games, so that's part of the reason. Right. Um, okay, there's that. Okay. So, Detective, a modern crime, 13% of the vote versus Werewolf's 1%. Detective moves on. Although, I'll be honest, I would have I been happy either one. Yeah, no... I'd much rather play detective. I, I I'd rather play detective. I'm not a huge fan of werewolf, but still, this is why we have these criteria. Yes. And honestly, I we have need to this, take our bias out of it. I have to say, this in entire debate was really hard because we really just have to go to the criteria for most of the debate. Yeah. There was a lot of really great stuff about it. Mm -hmm. This might be one of like the the overall best, um, but like. When our number one seed is our least favorite, like that's <laughs> yeah. that says something, right? Uh, I don't um, know if it was my least favorite. Um, it's my least favorite. Now, I would honestly, but I would gladly play any of these games. Honestly, Werewolf's my least favorite, and I still play. Sure, yeah, yeah, but you. It is the one that won, right? won yeah. too. So out of all these games, Mansions of Madness is my least favorite. But there is not a single game on this list that I would not that I'd refuse to play. We have debated games before where I'm like, nah, okay. I haven't played it. 
Yeah, consulting Titans. Remember, our, our, yeah. our one rule is we both have to have played it. I haven't played that one yet. Which, honestly, Sherlock Holmes is just mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like, heard. It, it's, it's so brutal. It's fun. It's so... Don't expect even coming out on a positive score. Hmm. It's bad. Okay. Anyway, with that being said, we hope you enjoyed that. So if you're looking for a good murder mystery game for some time throughout this Halloween uh, month, um, when you're reading this as a replay. Spooky season. Spooky season. Uh, by all means, check out any of those eight games. They're all fantastic. And our honorable mentions on top of that. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to get in contact with us, with us and play in one of our live episodes and voice your opinion, like our friends Luminous and our friend Mario Fanatic, by all means, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And make sure you uh, follow us on that channel. So that way you get notified when we broadcast live. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube under youtube.com slash at Everyday Board Games Podcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. Alright, and if you ever want to contact us directly, sorry about that love on my voice. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to contact us directly, um, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com whether it's to give us ideas for future episodes, just say hello, or tell Daniel why he's wrong. And just to remember, next week's episode you want to listen for, because we're drawing for the winner. That's right. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.